Well, this, the topic this month is love. And I don't know about you, but I've been tested so much in love this month. Uh, has anybody been tested in love? Yeah. My God, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to preach on love again. <laughs> but I've been being tested on love, and I know you're, you're being tested on love. And I think the main key, and we're going to talk about love uh, today, and we're, we're going to talk about another part of love. And I'm going to go over some of the old stuff, uh, what I've went over before, because we forget. And we need to, you know, and I'm always adding more to it. So the message just keeps getting better and better. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm telling you, we've we got to be patient people. Amen? Because love is patient. And, uh, you know, if you don't lose your patience, you won't lose your love. And, you know, we've been endeavoring, we've been building out our garage as an um, uh, office. So, and that's been taking way, way, way too long. And that should have been done at the end of this, uh, at the end of last year. I was thinking we could have it done in a month, but uh, it's, it's, it's about ready to be finished up. So we'll be able to do some things at my house. So, um, you know, we've got to be patient. Amen? Amen? Somebody say, love is patient. Love is patient. Amen. So, uh, you know, the first week we, we talked about love and we talked about the, that, that one of the greatest aspects of love is compassion. And, you know, and we found out that, you know, God revealed himself to Moses as a God of mercy. And, I mean, he could have revealed himself as the God of justice. He could have revealed himself as a, are you hearing what I'm saying? He could have revealed himself in a lot of different ways, uh, the God of power. But, uh, you know, to Moses, and, and Moses, you know, spoke with God, you know, even the scripture says, you know, as a man would speak to another man face to face. So, so, so Moses had an incredible relationship with God. And, you know, that's old covenant. You know, you can have that incredible relationship with God today. Because we're in a new covenant. We have the Holy Spirit. And, and that's going to be the key. You know, the key to us walking in the love of God and, is walking with God. Amen. It's, it's developing your relationship with the Lord. And I believe the more intimate you get with God, the more of his attributes going to be upon you. Amen? And God, somebody say, God is love. God is love. And we talked about the first week is, we talked about, you know, compassion and, and how God is compassionate. But, but God is love and, and God, the God kind of love is, is called agape love. And that's the highest form of love. Amen? And, you know, with agape love, you don't have to have external circumstances working for it to work. In other words, if we're going to walk in the agape love of God, we, it, everything doesn't have to be perfect. Amen. You see, see, in the natural love, everything has to work for it to work. Are you hear what I'm saying? Your spouse has to be nice to you. Everything, you know, everybody at work has to be nice. There, there can't be any backstabbing or backbiting or any, you know, I, for, 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 for natural love to work, you know, natural love wants reciprocation. That's right. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? If, if you're doing something nice for somebody, you expect them to do something nice for you, right? That's natural love. But agape love, it, it, it goes a little higher than that. And this is the love that we all can attain to. And it, it's a love that's not, it's not contingent on what somebody else does. Amen? 
It's a higher form of love. You know, the Bible actually said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still unlovely, God still loved us. Amen. And so, you, and so that kind of love, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we need to be studying that all the time. Love is patient and love is kind. Amen. And, and, and love does not harbor ill will or bitterness. And love is not, this is one that I always have to look at. Love is not easily offended. You know. Can I say that again? Love is not easily offended. How many people get, get offended real easy in here? Amen. I'm telling you, I was preparing myself yesterday to work out at a gym. And uh, I haven't worked out, you know, I have a membership to this particular gym. And uh, that gym has a, a sauna and a hot tub and a jacuzzi. And I was timing it just right so I could get in there. And, uh, and they closed at 7. But, and, and yesterday I got there at 5.15. And when I walked in, she said, we close at 6. And, you know, it normally takes me 30, 40 minutes to work out. And I had it all timed. And, and so, you know, I had to respond in love. I failed the test. <laughs> I failed the test. I said, when, when did you guys start closing? As, when did you start cutting my benefits to my membership? I didn't say it that way, but that's how I felt. And, uh, and she said, well, we'd started that, you know, at the first of the year. And I said, why didn't you send emails out? Let us let your members know. And uh, so it wasn't her fault. She's not the one. But, you know, all, you know, you want to dump on somebody, right? But, you know, she's not corporate. She's just there to take the blunt of, of you know, the criticism of, of what the corporations are doing. Amen. And so, listen, a lot of times we want to blame people and we want to make them, you know, the person that we need to yell at. But it's really the corporations. A lot of times there's other people involved that's, that's pushing buttons and turning switches on and turning them off. And, you know, I tried to prepare myself because, I, you know, I, I said, OK, I'm going to try to walk in love. So I try to prepare myself. What if for some reason, because sometimes the jacuzzi's down or whatever, what if it's down? And I think the Lord is trying to prepare me. And I said, well, I'm going to walk in love. But it's really hard. Sometimes it's hard just to muster that up. How do, how, do we, how do we walk in the love of God? we got to develop a relationship with the Lord. We have to d- develop a relationship with him. Amen? You know, in Genesis, you know, we, we think about that the love of God was cut off after Adam and Eve sinned. But really, it wasn't cut off then. You know, God still loved man. And a lot of times we think now, you know, it's all a bunch of rules. No, yeah, there are rules and regulations to love, but God doesn't want us to live like that. Um, and so with um, Adam and Eve, you know, when they, when they failed and they ate the fruit, what happened was they did get kicked out. But before they got kicked out of the garden... And that was really to protect them because they, they didn't get a chance to eat from the tree of, knowledge, uh, uh, of the tree of life, which would have kept man in a perpetual state of death. Amen. So God had to get them out of the garden so they wouldn't eat of that fruit of, uh, of life. Amen. In other words, so that we could be redeemed. Glory to God. So it wasn't God being mad. It was, it was God's mercy kicking them out. It was his mercy getting them out of the garden so they wouldn't partake of that tree of life which would keep man in a perpetual state of death. Amen? And so, uh, you know, and then, you know, with Adam and Eve, they had Cain and Abel, 
And God was so merciful with Cain. You know, I don't know if I would have been as merciful with Cain. But God came to Cain because Cain was upset about, about an offering that Abel gave. And, and God came to Cain. You know, he, Cain wasn't predisposed to be evil. He, he chose to harden his heart against God. And so Cain, uh, you know, uh, God came to Cain and said to Cain, Cain, you know, you're, you're, you're upset. Sin is, is at your door and sin wants to have you. But, but, but you can master this. And God tried to speak to Cain and, and you all know that story. And, and Cain went ahead and killed his brother. But even though he did kill his brother, God came back to Cain. And said to Cain, Cain, you know, you're, you're, you're the blood of your, your brother's crying from the ground. And, uh, and, and so he said to Cain, you know, now the ground won't produce the strength. The thing that you love to do uh, will be a difficult task now because Cain was a, a, a farmer. And, but he said also, you know, that, that, um, that you'll be a vagabond, you'll be a wanderer on the earth. And this is part of the curse and see, when we don't obey God and we don't walk in love, the curse can come in. And I don't want any curse in my life. I don't want any curse in your life. And listen, to, to, to maintain, you know, the blessing of God on your life, you got to walk in love. Thank you for those three amens. You, to, to, to maintain the blessings of God in your life, we have to walk in love. Amen. And Cain, you know, chose to walk in anger and resentment and bitterness. But even though, you know, Cain said it was too hard, this, this, this punishment was way too hard. He's, he was speaking to God. And, and, and God said, listen, and, and Cain said, somebody's going to try to kill me because of this. And God said, listen, I'm going to put a mark on you that, that will divinely protect you from somebody killing you. Think about this. You know, if I was God, I would have said, well, that's your tough luck. You know, you killed Abel, a good man. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I mean, I would have said, well, you know, that's what you, that you, you reap what you sow. But, but God, it, you know, has mercy. Yes, does. Somebody say God has, mercy. God has mercy. And even though that we mess up and even though that we, we miss it, God still is merciful. Even though that we, you know, you hear that saying, you know, well, you made your bed, you got to sleep in it, right? But, you know, God will help us. When we mess up and he was helping, uh, you know, Cain, you know, even live, live a decent life. You know, the Bible actually says this way, that the rain, God's goodness, falls on the just and the unjust. Amen. On the good and the wicked. Amen. Amen. In other words, you know, you know, this, as I always say, you know, some people will say, some people that don't know God, they, and they, they, they encountered some problems in this life. And I've said this before, but some would say that this is hell on earth. They don't know what hell is like. No, this is the in-between place. You can have a hellish day and you can have a, uh, a heavenly days. And I believe that God wants us to experience both so, so that we know the difference. Amen? How do you know what's good until you, until you encountered something evil? So we need to know the difference between good and evil. And I, and I believe that, that we're here and we're being trained, amen, to, to, to live in eternity with, with God in heaven, amen? And so, you know, one of the greatest stories, I think, on, on love is, is the good, it's called the Good Samaritan. And it's in Luke 10, 25 and 37. And 
We're just going to read this because I think it's, it's, it's powerful. And, it, and it's, uh, it starts off with verse 25. It says here in Luke 10, 25, 37, New King James. It says here, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up to test him, saying, Teacher, now to test Jesus. What shall, uh, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? And the answer said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said unto him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself and said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down to Jerusalem in Jericho, and, and he fell among thieves who stripped him of clothing, wounded him, departing, leaving him half dead. Now by a chance a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Think about that. A priest, you think somebody, that, a person that would try to help somebody. He passed by on the other side, on the other side but a certain... And then, uh, uh, likewise, Levite, when he arrived in a place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he, when he saw him, he had compassion. Notice that he had compassion. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii. And gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think that was the neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy to him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. So we see here, a lot of times we believe that our neighbor is just our neighbor that in our neighborhood. Or maybe our neighbor is just the person that we sit next to at church. But, but Jesus puts it to a higher level. He says our neighbor is somebody that we see in trouble. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And that we extend the mercy of God's hand to them to help them and to bless them. And we notice here it was some, you know, religion can only go so far. The Levite and the Pharisee and, and, and pass by. But, you know, but, but I believe Jesus, you know, Jesus was considered, you know, um, I, I, you know he, he's 100% God, 100% man. And I believe he was putting himself in this story as a Samaritan that was, that was coming from a long journey. In other words, Jesus is that Samaritan that helps people get back on the right track. And I'm going to say this to you today, that you are God's hands, you are God's feet, you are God's body. And if people don't see Jesus in us, they won't see Jesus. And we need to be the people. We need to be like that good Samaritan. We need to be that person that when we see somebody, you know, you may not have money to help somebody, but you can pray for somebody. You can give a good word for somebody. You know, it's not always about giving money out to people. It's not always trying to do that. It's about trying to be kind to people. Amen? Yeah. Trying to be a blessing to people. Yeah. And see, and that's, and that's really our neighbor, uh, the, the, the person that's in need. The per, you know, when, when we start praying, God, use me, use me. Normally, uh, how many people pray that prayer? God, I, I want you to use me in a mighty way. 
he will always bring somebody that has a need. Amen. And then that gives us the opportunity to, to help somebody. And that's why I said, you know, if we're going to have passion, and we talked about passion last week, uh, first we have to have compassion. Uh, but, but to have passion, we have to have that desire uh, to, to help somebody no matter what the cost. And so we're talking about the love, and we're talking about having the love of Jesus this morning. And, 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 and I'm telling you, when we, see, the, the thing that we fight most of all as Christians is selfishness. It's self-centeredness. It's about us, about me. You know, about, you know, that, that Samaritan, what was, was, he was either on a business trip. He had some things he had to take care of. Because he, he, he brought, I mean, he, he took some time out of his day to help this person. And, and we, need, we need to understand that when we start doing that, then we're doing the works of Jesus. And, that, and, and not only will we be expanding the kingdom of God for, for God, but we will be expanding our own kingdom in heaven. Amen? So, so, so the second point is that we need to be a passionate people. And I talked about last week that passion comes from prayer and, and personal and corporate and personal corporate community with God and man. I'm going to say this, that, that for us to get passionate, uh, you're, going to have to, you're going to have to love something and hate something else. Amen. I'm going to ask this. You, uh, you may say, Pastor, I don't think you're supposed to hate anything. You, sh you should hate sin. Amen. Yeah, uh, are you here? I know you're, some of you are about ready to say, Pastor, no, we're supposed to. Yeah, but you should hate sin. Amen. You should hate anything that would divide you from God. You should, ha you should hate lawlessness. Amen. Hello. Now I'm preaching today. You, you, there, there's a, you, 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 should, you should hate lies. Amen. Untruth. Because what the devil is, he, you know, he, what, he, what he uses against mankind and what he uses against us as Christians is deception. You should hate deception. Amen. That's one of my prayers that I want to walk in truth. Amen. I don't want to walk in any deception or any deceit. I want to be a man that walks in truth. Amen. I want truth. I don't want to live in a fantasy world. Amen. I don't want to be sticking my head in the sand and not looking at truth. And see, when you come to church, a lot of times some people don't want to come to church because they don't want to encounter truth. Why? Because truth can cause us to change. And God doesn't want us staying the same. He wants us going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And he wants us changing. In other words, he wants us to become more like Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying today, saints? And so, so, so we need to have, we, we, we need to have, uh, you know, you know, listen, how many people like to get out of debt and out of here? Anybody in debt? Well, you got to hate debt. You got to hate it with a passion. Because if you don't hate debt, if you just kind of just live with it and you coddle it and you baby it, you don't hate it. And you're still using your credit card. Hello. Just say, I love you, Pastor. You don't hate it enough. You know, one man said, you got to cut those credit cards up, man. Because MasterCard will become your master. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You got, you got to come to a point where you hate. You know, I came to a point a few weeks back where I hated being under a landlord. And I said, we got to have our own place. I just got to that point. I said, I'm willing to do almost anything. Short of sinning, of course. To get seven. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You got to get passionate. You got to be willing to give up some things. You got to be. Are you here? You might have to be willing to cut the credit card up. Wear last year's styles. If I'm talking to the right group today, Amen. see, the reason why you're not out of some of these things because you don't hate it enough. The reason why sin, a little bit of sin is still in our lives is because we don't hate that sin enough. Can I just sit back and have a little bit of coffee right now <laughs> while you meditate on that? But anyway, we got we got we got to hate it. Amen. Amen. We got to hate sin. We got to hate debt. Debt is a curse. Amen. That's why we're believing for debt free building. It's Amen. a curse. We don't want it. We don't want debt over our, our lives. Amen. Amen. So we got to be passionate. I want to give you a key for staying passionate that I hit on last week. And I think it's worth hitting on. And I believe passion is fueled by vision. Can I say that again? Passion is fueled by vision. And a lot of times we can get excited about the things of God and we can get excited about what he's doing. And, and the key to passion is prayer, right? And in prayer, God, God speaks to us and we speak to him. And hopefully in prayer, God is opening our eyes of our heart to see greater things, what he wants for us. And he, and he gives us a vision. And when he gives us that vision, then we can run on vision. And see, and the reason why we don't stay passionate, because we don't keep our eyes on the ball. We don't keep our eyes on the vision. We lose sight of the vision. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? In Proverbs 29, 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. It actually says, Where there's no prophetic vision. And you gotta get a vision. You gotta get a vision that God wants you debt free. You gotta get a vision that God wants you healthy. You gotta get a vision that God wants you to have good relationships. You gotta have a vision. And then that's what pushes us, that, that pushes past, you know, if you're going to, listen, if you're going to have a body like mine, you're going to have to push through the pain zone. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You got, you, you, you got to be able to endure some pain. The reason why peop, people don't look, you know, bodybuilders, you know, the, 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 the fitness models, they got to push through the pain zone. And you can't make it through the pain zone. You're not going to, the pain zone. And that works with anything that we uh, endeavor to try to accomplish with God. We got to push through the, the pain zone. What helps us to push through? The vision. The vision. The vision. In Habakkuk 2, it says, I will stand my watch. In Habakkuk 2, 1, 3, 1 through 3. I will stand upon my watch and set, uh, and set me upon the tower 
and I'll watch to see what he will say to me. Say, he's saying that, that I'm going to stand, I'm going to pray. What he's saying is I'm going to pray and see what the Lord will say to me, and I will answer when I'm reproved. In other words, a lot of times when I get with God, uh, I, I, I love for God to say, man, you're do, just doing a great job. But, but if there's areas in my life I need correction, I want God to talk to me about it. If there's things that's not working in my life, I, I want a word of correction to come into my life. Amen. Why? So I can get in that place of blessing. Amen. And so right here he's saying, he's saying I'll see what, what I will answer uh, when I'm approved. And then, then he says this, and the Lord answered me, verse 2, and said, write the vision and make it plain. Uh, on tablets that he may run that reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time uh, that it, it, it shall it shall speak and not lie though it tarry wait for it for it surely shall come to pass so you know you know you gotta you gotta write down a vision you gotta get that vision before you I'm telling you we have a vision of owning our own building and you know that vision just just woke up in me about six weeks ago. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to rest until we get our own building. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And, and say, you know, in other words, the vision will push you to, to move forward in what God is calling us to do. And it will give us the passion. It will actually sustain you through the process. Amen. You know, Jesus was passionate because he ran on vision. And it says in Hebrews 12, it says, let us run our race and let us, you know, let us, you know, whatever that sin that so easily besets us, let's get rid of that sin. And it says here, looking unto Jesus, that is the author and finisher of our faith. See, we, we run our race by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We run our race by, by seeing what Jesus has done. And see, and it says here, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus, and he endured the cross despised his shame, and he had sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How was Jesus able to, to encounter the cross? How was he able to do that? He was able to see us past the cross. He was able to see uh, 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 his family that, that, that he died for. He died for you and he died for me. And he saw himself already sitting at the right hand of the throne of the Father. Amen. As the king of glory. As... as as the, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's our Lord and he's our King. And he was able to endure that because he had the vision of us. Glory to God. When Jesus was on the cross, you and me was on his mind. Do you believe that today? And so he was able to, to, to go see past that. And for us to, to be able to endure the pain, we have to see past that pain and, and be focused on the vision that God has for each one of us. Amen? And so, the, uh, and, and so, so Eros was the second part that I preached on, and Eros is the passion side of the relationship. Just Let me just throw in a little tidbit. If you're married, have at least one date night a, a week if you can. But if you can't do a week, at least one, once a month. How many, how many married couples have a date night in here? Uh, we got a couple of week amens. <laughs> My God. Have a date night. You know, we gotta, you got you to gotta keep dating your spouse. You know, I, I actually, you know, I, 
I, you know, I did something nice for my wife. I, I bought her some flowers on the 14th. No special day or anything, you know. Got her flowers, got her, got her a cheesecake, you know. <laughs> Tune in next week for the completion of this message. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at Virginia Beach SDA Church located at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10.30 a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.